I want to share with you uh, just kind of a unique experience that I had this week. Uh, we we got, got to go, um, went to the mountains for three, I guess maybe three or four days. And uh, the, the original plan was for everybody to come, and Sheila's dad wasn't quite up to coming. So after we got done there, we drove to Missouri. And I've become quite familiar with the road uh, the, the, this, this last week. But we, we got to uh, her parents' house there in Missouri. And, you know, just kind of worn out. But I was, you know, we, had a, we ate and we had, a, we had a presence, you know. And, I, I, you know, I got a, got a shirt and tie and things like that. And, and just kind of sitting there, just kind of vegging out. And I'm looking on my phone, you know, wasting, going through Facebook. And I, I see this picture. Um, I see this picture of um, Dalton Swilly and uh and um Aaron his girlfriend too many e's in that family Aaron's right isn't it yeah Dalton and Aaron and I don't know if you saw this or not Dylan did you see this picture of your brother where he's like dressed up in matching Christmas jammies did you see that yeah print that out and blow it up and I mean I (laughs) I see this picture and I it just it made me think I'm always telling Deacon I said that one day Thomas I tell him you're going to do something really dumb because of a girl when I saw that picture, I was like, Deacon, look at this here, right? I mean, this is, <laughs> this is what you do. And, and, and I'll move on because someone will pull pictures out of my background. But, but anyways, I was just sitting there and trolling through Facebook. And, and as I'm going, I, I, I check my email. I get an email. And you probably have never experienced this. I got an email from the Valdosta Police Department. Which I thought, that, I mean, that's it's kind of serious, right? And it was this whole thing about how they were trying to get into contact with me. And I just thought it's one of, you know, it's one of these spam things, right? I mean, you're all the time getting junk for, you know, people wanting to give you money, take money, do this, do that, all this. I would think nothing of it. But then I think, you know, we've been out of town for four or five days. And, I mean, you know, I've, I've got a lot of stuff. I don't know. Maybe, maybe something happened. And I don't know why they're emailing me. But, but there's a number, so I call this number. And actually what it was, it was, it was real that it was the chaplain for the Valdosta um, Police Department. He was trying to get a hold of me, which is, you know, kind of, well, what, I mean, what exactly is going on? And I asked him some questions to try to figure out, you know, is this just a hoax? Uh, there were some, we had actually met at a, at, a, at a breakfast here a while back, and he knew about that. So anyway, so it was real. And so what he called me about was that he said that there had been an accident. And, and just kind of make you stop in your tracks, right? And he starts telling me, he said he didn't have all the information, but that basically that there was a young man who had been in an accident and his girlfriend had told the police that, that his mother worked for the Forest Park Church of Christ. And I'm listening to this, and you know when people are trying to tell you something, but there's a part of it they're not wanting to tell you. And, and I said, so what, what are you saying? Did, did the boy, did, did, he, did he die? Like, why are, you, why are you telling me what the girlfriend said? And, and all this is going on. And he said, I, I, I don't know, but I think I'm almost positive that that's what happened. And I can tell you in that moment, I was, I was standing in, in, in the back bedroom at Shelly's parents' house. And all I could think about was Dalton Swilly. But I'm standing there in that moment. And I think that Dalton's dead. I mean, that, that's what this person is calling me because they're looking for somebody that they want to go and break this to the family. And, and, and this is just that preacher mindset. I go into funeral mode. 
I go into, let me go through all the things in their life. Like what, so what are you going to say at this person's funeral that, that I don't even want to be thinking about here right now, right? And, and, and I'm, I, I'm, for some reason, I, I, just, I just keep thinking about, uh, about our mission trip to Costa Rica a, a couple years ago and, and the conversations that we're having there. And, and I think about this life and, and it was just all these random memories. But, but basically, the, the, the chaplain said, I don't know. And I said, well, I'll try to find out. But I mean, everything that he's telling me is going towards this point. So, so I had to call the Swillies. Now, I'd rather have Joe come up here and hit me upside the head than to make this phone call. That's not a fun phone call to make. And all I remember is that Donna answered and, hey, Wes, how you doing? And when she, when she, and, and it's, part of me was relieved. And then a part of me, a part of me said, she doesn't know. And I've got to tell her. And I, I, I just, I just. I just remember saying, I think this is what I said, Donna, you were on the phone, maybe you remember, but I, I just said, this may sound like a strange question, but do you, do you have your boys there? And she said, yes, and I'm, I'm just glad, I'm glad they were at the house that night, and there wasn't all this checking, and, and, and it was like, oh, thank goodness, and it took about 10 seconds of thank goodness to say, but wait a minute, if this isn't Dalton, We've only got one other person who works in the staff, and and I thought that Ben was dead. And all these things are going through my head, and and I remember I remember thinking about a comment that Ben made in class on Wednesday night, and I just kept thinking about John. I kept thinking about what you about you talking to Ben on our senior Sunday at the potluck, and it was just like scrambling in my head, and I thought I. And at this point, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit exhausted, and I apologize. But I said to Donna, and I said, "So would you mind calling Jerry? Because I don't. I mean, I'm just, I just, I don't know. But I'm, I don't know that I had it within me at that moment. But I'm pretty sure that that's what happens. And, and so Ben, I was preaching your funeral in my mind. That's real. And. And then she called back a few minutes later, and, and Ben was fine also. And I was thinking, oh, oh, who else? And, and that's when I, th I thought, well, this must be Ryan, right? I mean, and, and Doreen works around the office, and, and there, there must be some connection there. And so, and so I called Roger, and Roger said, no, he's fine. And then you could, the wheels started spinning, but well, I don't I actually know that, and I apologize for whatever panic I sent you into. And 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 all these things are going through my going through my mind, and 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 Ryan was fine also, and I was like, I I, I don't I don't really know what what's going on because I've kind of something's happened, and something has been associated with us, and and most of you know that what had happened was that it was Kevin Bradford's father, right, and and that funeral service is this afternoon. I mean, somebody really did die. Kevin's father had, was in an automobile accident, and. And there was, basically, there was, the girlfriend said, I know that his son's really involved with, with the Forest Park Church of Christ. And that's kind of how we got pulled into it. And, it. and it went down that hole. And, and I just thought about that realization of, I've just preached three funerals in the last 20 minutes of people who aren't dead. But what if they were? I mean, things like that happen. And, you know, I just... 
I thought about this verse in Ecclesiastes 2, Ecclesiastes 7. When he said, it is better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. See, I'm right there in the midst of a whole lot of feasting. Right? I'm right there in the midst of, of food and presents and family. And, and man, this, it, isn't it great? Didn't we have a lot of that this week? And, and all of a sudden, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, right? It's like, oh, these terrible thoughts of reality and life and death are just right in your face. And he says, it's better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. Because this is the end of every man. And the living takes it to heart. It's in these moments where what he's trying to say is, okay, it's not that mourning is good. Nobody wants to go to a funeral, right? That's not fun. But, but he says that there's something that can come out of these types of thoughts, and that's to see our own mortality. That's to cause us to think about the things that really matter in our life. And as I tie that in with, with coming to the conclusion of this year and looking into to a new year and to a new decade and, and this, this evaluation that, that I hope that we're all doing in our lives of, of what, what, what do we want to change? What, 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 what do we want to, to be added to our lives? How do I want to seek the Lord as I go forward from this point? I thought, man... If in this moment I missed that point, then, then I've really missed the point. And so what I want us to do is I want us to think ahead. I want us to think ahead to what, what, if, what if we really had priest's funeral? Kim's father is going to be buried this afternoon, and I'm assuming that they're probably watching on the live stream this morning. But what if one of those young men really had passed away? I mean, what, 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 would, what would the thought be? I mean, if you think that's, that's the case for us, I mean, uh, Ben, you're with us this morning. I mean, and I'm sorry I'm calling you. I don't know you hate to be called out, but nobody look at him. I'm just talking to him. But, but what, if, what if Thursday night really was it? I mean, I mean it's kind of hard to miss that, isn't it? Like, what if, what if, that, what, what if it wasn't a misunderstanding? What if that was really real? Because that, that, that sort of thing really is real every day for real people. Would I be pleased with it? Is that what I, is that what I want to leave this world with? You open your Bibles up to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul, Paul writes a lot about life and death. Probably because Paul's life was threatened so much. I, I, I just think that, that that has to be one of these things where this is brought before him over and over. You remember, you remember there was a point in Paul's life where, where the people took a vow that they, you know, a, a group of men took a vow that they wouldn't eat or drink anything until they saw to it that Paul was dead, right? And I'm just thinking if there are people that are constantly threat, threatening your life, when I'm, I'm being beaten and I'm, I'm, I'm in shipwrecks and I'm seeing all these things, I've seen the martyrdom of, 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 of my Savior himself. It's got to be on the forefront of my mind. So I think because of that, he writes a lot about life and death. And, and because of that, he gives us a, a real perspective. And, and I love what he says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when he says, Hey, this earthly tent is temporary. That, that this, 
it's not really what it's all about. I know that this is where we are, and the good and the bad and all of those things are, are, are working in our life today, but this is not really what it's about. We know that if this earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, that, that's just a nice way of saying it, if, if our spirit leaves our body, our tabernacle, that that's not the end. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. You go on down to verse 5, and he says, Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God. And, and what, what's the purpose? Well, the purpose that he gives us is leaving this body. That, that We ask that question of, what on earth am I here for, right? I mean, what is it all about? What am I going to accomplish? What am I going to do? Who am I going to be? All of these questions that, that, that we have. And, and Paul says, let me tell you what it's really all about. Let me tell you what everything in your life is building towards. It's not just building towards, towards the day that you get married or the day when you have children or when you can retire or when you take a vacation or when you sit a certain level of, or all these things that we obviously are building towards. He says that there's something a whole lot bigger than all of that that, that tends to occupy so much of our mind. He says everything is really building towards the day, the day that we leave this world. That's when life really begins. And I'm just going to say that we struggle to think about it that way. That, that's why we don't like to talk about death. But I'm telling us that it makes us think about life in ways that I don't know of anything else. That really will. It makes us to think about what's really important. About what's really valuable. He who prepared us for this very purpose is God. Therefore, if I know that, slide on to verse 6. If I know that, being always of good courage and knowing that while I am at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith. And not by sight. And we are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. He says if we really know this, it gives us perspective. It gives us eternal perspective to actually walk by faith. It changes the way that we live. If I understand that I'm not just living for this world. I'm living for a day that I will leave this world. Now, now I don't, I don't know that I've gotten to the point of Paul where, where I can hasten the day quite as much as him. I, I, I mean, truthfully, there's a lot of things that I want to do in this world. And, and I, I can tell you, honestly, that I've got a lot more perspective on this than, than, I, than I used to. But, but I still, I mean, I still I think about it. And I, 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 want my, I want to raise my children, right? I, I want to see them grown. I, I want to be a grandpa one day. I mean, I, I think I'm going to do a good job at it, right? And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, and I, I mean, I got things like that in my mind that I want to accomplish. But, but as I think about the end and the possibility of the end, listen, it, it ought to change even how I live in this world. Th th this is what Larry read for us from Philippians chapter one. From Philippians chapter one, when Paul said, "For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain." Verse 23 of Philippians 1, I'm hard-pressed between, between the two. 
Having the desire to depart to be with Christ, for that is very much better, yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for you. And convinced of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. He's saying, I would rather be with the Lord, but, but if I'm not going to be with the Lord, I, that's going to change the way I live in this life. That's that eternal perspective that each one of us is so desperate to take hold of, that we're constantly being distracted from by the things of this world. Aren't we? Aren't we? And that, that, that phone call that comes in the middle of the night becomes this wake-up call that this world is not my home. I know that. You know that. Nobody's going to go home and say, man, Wes said this world is not our home. Man, I never even thought about that. You, you, you're not going to do that, but, but you forget that. I get distracted. And, the, and these are those moments that brings us back home. So what if, what if it was your funeral that was going to be preached this afternoon? And what, what to be said about you? What to be said about me? It is a humbling, humbling thought. It's this process that we've been going throughout the year about what it means to have a healthy church. But you know that a church is just a group of people. So the things that we say about the church, we, we, we say about the people that make up the church. I mean, I, I hope that you've availed yourself. And reason, one reason I like, I like to have these banners up is they're these constant reminders, I hope, throughout the year that make you think. I mean, will, will people look at my life and say that, and say that, that the gospel of Jesus Christ was at the forefront of my life? I mean, do, do, I, do I speak of Jesus? Do I speak of his sacrifice? Do, do I share that message with others? Is that something that I think about and that I pray about? I mean, am I someone who, will, who, has, who has stood for God's word? Even in times when it, when it would cost me something? I don't, think, I don't think you have to be the preacher to ask those questions. Because each one of us are, are pushed on those things in our life. Do I, do I serve other people? A am I a person that serves other people even, even at my own expense? Not, not just serving when it's fun. Not just serving when it's easy. Not just serving when, you, when there's praise and everybody's patting you on the back. But, but do I truly become a sacrifice? Are there things in my life that, that other people can look at and they can say, he wasn't living his life for himself? I mean, I, I just think we need to ask ourselves these questions. Because one day somebody is going to preach our funeral. Aren't they? It's, I don't know when it's coming. Don't know. I plan on being very old. Right? Shell and I got married very young, and so we can get one of those really huge numbers for, for how long we've been married. I'm just excited about that. I'm hoping, but i gotta, I got to live to be old to get one of those, okay? But, but I don't just want to live, live to be old. I, I want someone to look at my life and say, and say, there was someone who loved the Lord, and you could see that in the way that he loved the Lord's creation in the way that he loved his family, in the way that he loved his church, in the way that, that in the decisions that he made. I mean, now I don't know what you're thinking about me, but I'm thinking of all, I'm thinking of all the reasons that that ought not be said. Okay? 
that, that's, that's what happens when we evaluate. And we say, listen, I know I'm going to fall short, but in those things that I fall short, I want to be a penitent person. I, I want to have that, 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 that growing faith. I want, I want to be someone who, who comes to worship God. And, and not only does someone have to question whether or not I'm going to be at worship, but you can know that when I'm at worship, I'm going to actually praise God. I'm, I'm going I'm to enjoy singing songs of praise and, and bowing my head and communing with, with, with the body and opening up His Word. I don't want people to say, yep, he was here every time the doors are open. He looked miserable the whole time. But he was here for what? Come on. I want the world and my Lord to see that I serve him and that I love him and that I adore him. I I want my faith to not die within me. I want to share it. I want there to be people I want there to be people who will say, who will say, listen, I know the Lord because, because He shared that with me. He shared the same thing with me that was shared with Him. I, I told you I thought about Dalton and, and that trip to Costa Rica, and I was thinking about the young man that he had, he had studied the Bible with and, 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 try, and tried to convert when we got back from that mission trip. Now I don't know how all that ends up. I don't. I don't even know where, where that man is, to, where, where, where that young man is today. But there's someone who knows and has heard the gospel because of what someone else has done. That's the nature of it. But if I've kept it to myself, if I haven't shared the gospel with anybody, I, I don't want that to be said. Th- th- this idea of of being a part of a body. We've all spent time with, or a lot of us have spent time with family over the last couple of days. So when we say spending time with your family, that's a, that, that, that's a mixed bag, isn't it? Isn't it? But, but to understand, I mean, even within this mixed bag that we call the church, where we have so many differences, but we love each other in spite of that. We depend upon each other. We lean upon each other. Not just people who are like me. Not just people who are like you. But people who I, I'm so very different from. But we share Christ. I mean, just, just that exercise to, in your life to say, maybe today is the last day of my life. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Maybe you die today. Maybe the Lord comes. Maybe I preach your funeral. Maybe I don't preach your funeral. I don't know the answer to that. But I want to live every day of my life that says, you know what, if this is the day, if this is the day, I... I'm not fearful of these things. That's kind of the point that I'm trying to get to. It's not about being fearful and living every day of our life like, oh no, I hope nothing happens to me today. No. It's what Paul says, if this is the day, it's going to be okay. I can rejoice. If it's not for me to live as Christ, but to die, it's gain. Paul says, you need to think about that. That's one reason that God gave us bodies that wear out. To remind us, not staying here forever. This world is not my home. I'm going to go somewhere where my body's not worn out. I want to go somewhere where it's easy to breathe and, and everything works. And, and, and I'm reminded of that. Life is a very, very frail thought about Kevin's dad. 
you know, there was a sense in which it was, I don't know, wasn't a young man who died, right? Wasn't really somebody I, I, I even know. I think I might have met him once or twice, but I, I didn't know him. Then I had this thought, you know, when that grown man who had lived a, a, a good life, a long life, when he got up Thursday morning, he didn't think it was his last day either. But it was. It's that thief in the night that, that the Lord talks about when he talks about his coming, but it's also a thief in the night that comes to the ending of, of our lives. We just don't know. So he says, you live your life every day awaiting his coming. See, so I'm saying that there are some, there are some of you, I know that there are, who cannot be pleased with what would be said at your funeral if we had to preach it today. There are some in in this room who are outside of Christ. You've never repented of your sins. You've never been immersed for the remission of your sins. You've never been added to the body of Christ. I mean, you'll get a funeral just like everybody else, I'm sure. But but there's some blessed assurance that it won't be a part of it. And I'm just saying that that God gives you an opportunity. That, that there, there, there are some who are struggling with sin in your life. And to be quite honest, some of it I'm, I'm sure I have some idea of. And some of it I'm sure I don't have a clue about. But you know, and the Lord knows... And it gives you opportunity to say, you know what? 2020 is going to be different. It really, not just 2020 is going to, the rest of my life is going to be different. Maybe it's not blatant sin. Maybe, maybe it's just a neglect of your family. Maybe it's a neglect of your spiritual life. Maybe you don't remember the last time you, share, you shared the faith that was shared with you. Maybe you don't remember the last time that you actually bowed your head and spoke to God. I want to change that. See, in that great dread that was coming over me when I was thinking about those young men and, and the loss in their life, the, the, the dread was this. It's over. That's it. There's never another opportunity. There's never another sermon. There's never another invitation. There, there's, there's never another moment where something might change. That sense of permanence. That dread that was coming over me then, I want you to see, ought to be joy in your heart today. That you have opportunity. Every one of us has opportunity. As long as we have breath within our lungs. To choose to walk with the Lord. We'll go and we'll grieve with the family today. But we will also gather as God's family. And we will rejoice. For his love and his mercy and his grace. And that he continues to walk with you and me and to call us. To call us to walk in his light. And if you're not in that light. Don't. Don't disrespect the opportunity that he has put before you to make your calling and your election quite sure. You come this morning as we stand and as we sing.